0: It's Friday, November first, two thousand nineteen, and you're listening to episode five twenty-nine. If you're the boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is forty-eight minutes. You have to ask yourself
1: why you're doing it yes. as a game master. So you're running this game, and we'll say that we're we need to bolt something onto it, like a relationship. Thing sure. in a game that doesn't have relationship
2: rules. Like D,
1: Like DD, yeah. Are you doing it because the players are exploring these relationships and they kind of want some more mechanical stuff? Or are you doing it because one time, four games ago, one player Asked out one NPC because it was a funny scene and it was
0: never returned and to again. And damn now we must codify it. Yeah, now yes. we
1: have to put rules and stuff around it. That was it. one of the yeah. things.
0: Look, I got I got love for old school d d mm-hmm. You know, I I owned the original, plain old d d No addition, no advances. You own Gary Gygax's brain. I do. Ooh. It's literally in a jar formaldehyde. But, you know, I well, the first edition I played... I haven't gotten to see this yet. Where is it? <laughs> you haven't been on the show long
2: enough. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I know, but I mean, it's like... I, it has vast powers. It, it, so you
3: have to help Dan move at least once before you see right. it. You'll, and he doesn't right. plan on moving anytime soon. Yeah. Right?
0: So. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, Fair enough. You know, I got love for old school D&D. But, damn, one of the things that drove me nuts was every supplement book and every issue of dungeon slash dragon magazine mm-hmm. was more charts yes i mean you were you couldn't figure out anything in the game i mean they had a chart if you took a deuce they had a chart so you could figure out what kind because mm-hmm. you're not supposed to
1: be creative the game is creative for you you know yeah, which is modules I mean, and charts and stuff all you do is you're supposed to make decisions
0: yeah and well and, and react to things yeah. that It's kind of interesting because one of the things that d and D, I I guess, I'm going to say more did than does, I guess it still does to an extent, is... It does, doesn't? Yeah, I I don't even know how I want to conjugate that. And they're not the only ones that do this, is it did quite a bit to lock in the GM. Right. Because if you killed something, there was a treasure chart, and Mm -hmm. you had rolls to see what would happen. And sometimes if the GM was really playing hard to the rules... The GM did not know what you were going to loot any more than you did. And there was one guy I was playing under who was using the hard loot rules of, I think it was second edition. And I killed some random thing, and it had like a one in a million chance of dropping a magical item. I rolled that chance, or he rolled that chance because he was rolling the treasure. And then he started rolling, what are its stats? What was like a plus four weapon with a secondary trait? And then it was intelligent plus a secondary trait. And it just kept exploding and by the time it was done, I had this dagger that was more powerful than my character. And my character wasn't level one. I mean, it was absurd. I'm like Krang's body at this point. <laughs> I am just carrying this knife from its ad- between its adventures. I mean, it's I am the lesser party in this. And that was straight up according to the rules. I don't spend enough time. I can't tell you exactly what mm-hmm. the rules were. But that's how it played out. And it, it was weird in that it was kind of constraining him. Now, of course, duh. In any given moment, he could have chosen not to use those rules, you know. Uh, know. But the rules are the rules, Dan. Well, and some people (laughs) will take that stance. I mean, some people... Those people are dumb. I (laughs) I think they're certainly inflexible. I don't know if I'd go quite to dumb. I mean, because I I don't know that I want to jump down the bad, wrong, fun thing. No, they're having bad, wrong fun. (laughs) But (laughs) the point being that, I mean, yeah, obviously you could eject any of these rules. Mm -hmm. But as the game was presented, this is what the GM was supposed to do. Right. I mean, Gary Gygax himself said, screw these rules over ten way to Sunday, which is why I've always found the position of you have to play mm-hmm. the rules as written. is interesting when Gary Gygax himself... Interesting is a good word for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. When Gary Gygax himself said, I want you to eject these rules one by one until you have a homebrew. Yeah. And, and I mean that... his whole thing was about you
1: play his game because, A, he wants money. I don't yeah, like sure. it. Two, to inspire you to get into it, to understand, I mean, we'll and then... The ultimate goal is you make a game for your group. Yeah. And not, then you
3: run a convention.
1: And then you run a convention. Yep. And then you publish, and then you're the next Gary Gygax. I mean, that's <laughs> his flowchart. Sure. But, yeah. I mean, kind of backing off that a little bit, but yeah, no, that's that's his intention, because that's
0: what he did, is he made a game designed for his group. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, and in the 1970s to early 80s, the sample size of either actual or wannabe Gary Gygax's was one. I mean, it's so I certainly wasn't large at any Mm -hmm. rate. And so uh, his story made sense, you know, that the the course is how you do it. That's how he did it. Mm -hmm. This is surely how the market's going to play out. And there's a reason why his is a household name. And while so many other people who have made good games themselves, they didn't do it first. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're, they're not as well known because they didn't
3: write the book about how to make money doing it. Right. (laughs) Because that's how you make money. You write the book and sell the book.
0: I'm not a big fan of the wooden literal interpretation of any All RPG right. because I think everyone's going to find situations where the rules just don't fit your style. They don't I fit mean, your... What we're talking about here is
1: is two halves of a thing. Yeah. The first half is you have a rule system for your players and you're playing. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff in there you don't like or doesn't work. That's the first half is that you rip that stuff out or ignore it. I'm running Blades in the Dark right now. There's this whole thing, like multiple chapters about gangs and their influence and their project clocks and what they're doing, and it is like five pages of paperwork, and it is really interesting, and I don't do on it. Nothing. (laughs) I do nothing on it because, oh my God, I'll just decide. Yeah. You know? It's unnecessary and extraneous, even though I love the system. The second half of that, the other side of that coin is saying, okay, I have eliminated all this stuff that does not work. Now
3: I want to add stuff that will work. It kind of goes to your question of why are you looking to do this? Right. And part of that answer could be you're not getting the feel that you're trying for with the game. Sure. Or the yeah. players aren't getting the feel. Something isn't right. Maybe that something isn't right because you've cut out half of the book and now it's <laughs> balanced a little off, Yeah, but something isn't right. I think one of the big things that say something isn't right on a lot of story types is... Hit points.
1: Yeah. Hit Hit points points
3: don't go well for certain story types. Some story types they do. Something like a Power Rangers or a wrestling game or something. You have a character that is beaten down and then suddenly will rally back up and fight. Hit points don't work well for that type of story. Yeah, A lot of other systems do work for that. I don't know.
1: D&D had healing surges, and people hated those, but that's what it was, was you rally
3: up. Yeah. You
2: you are just as powerful with one hit point as you are at full. Exactly, yes.
3: You are hitting something until it falls. I say, exactly. It's it's
0: the old take on D&D. Do you know what the difference is between a dragon full hit points and a dragon one hit point? And the answer is nothing. Yeah, you I know mean, it's
1: even worse in video games.
0: When you're fighting bosses,
1: like big bosses, they get
0: more powerful. They get more powerful yeah. the more yeah. you hurt them. Yeah, but As it goes you're back, burning your resources. Yeah. As you mm. are
3: getting weaker. It yeah. goes back to one of my favorite jokes. What do you call the doctor that graduated with the lowest GPA? A doctor. Do- doctor. Yeah. It is one of those things that kind of bugs me in those types of stories. Mm-hmm. Hit points just don't work. So let's say you're playing a game that has hit points. And that, that's kind of a big part of the game. That's not a minor th- balancing thing. Would you suggest throwing it out and doing a completely different system, or would you want to do something Wars, that is
0: that core to the system? Or is from like the standpoint of the epic poems? I'm I'm going through, and I realize I'm somewhat oversimplifying here, but Hector was okay until he wasn't. Hmm. Achilles was fine until he wasn't. Mm-hmm. Beowulf was fine until he wasn't. But conversely, yeah. I mean, for, let's take Power Rangers as one type of storytelling. On the opposite side. Well, power rangers to... and wrestling, I think,
3: are a very good comparison storytelling. Well, sure, sure. yeah.
0: I mean, they're, they honestly tell similar kinds of stories. But let me go with a very different thing. Of somebody wants to do a really realistic Vietnam game, do hit points really work for that? I mean, I, I, I mean, maybe you have three, which is ouch, oh shit, dead.
3: Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> it's, you Skies know... of Glass is a good example of a way that you can deal with something like that it doesn't have hit points, you get the wounds. And Mm -hmm. when you have a wound, you can tell it mechanically. Right. I can't move as fast. I can't shoot as accurately. Sure. And considering the narrow range of your bonuses to begin Mm -hmm. with, that can be a huge deal. So another thing on this topic, take hit points, for
1: example. Mm -hmm. We're talking about should we take rule mechanics and excise them in whole slash replace them fully. What if you take existing rules and just reinterpret them? So hit points is yeah. an example of this. If you're at fifty percent, sure. now you get a negative. Well, or well, no, not even that. But you're like, bloodied now. Well, think of it this way: D and D. Your character has thirty hit points. What yeah, up? Sure. I look at d and D character. I look at my monsters. If I'm not just making up and deciding. And they, they actually have numerical hit points. Yeah. I also look at the characters, 30 hit points. They get five knocked off. Well, I don't care about that, right? To me, they've just lost a small amount of hit points. So it's how I'm describing them. It's how I'm telling the player, okay, you rolled a d20. You are as powerful as can be. And you got five hit points knocked off. You, you swing and you whiff. You just totally miss. Well, I mean... That Or he punched you in the face. I mean, you're big, tough. You took it, but, you know, <laughs> you're stumbling back a little bit. I use that as a mechanical gauge for myself.
0: That- There's an a long-running thing with D&D in particular, not mm-hmm. just D&D, but D&D in particular, that asks the question of what exactly is a hit point?
3: Right. Is it actually the damage you're taking, or is it the stress that yeah. you took? Is to it not someone take take the being damage? battered down?
0: Right. And in, especially in the earlier editions, it was a little more open to interpretation. Now in later editions, you know the, the way they started to describe how healing affected hit points and such, it became very clear that if you have thirty hit points, your health. Is a hundred percent divided by thirty. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's that's the yeah. gauge of your health. Yeah, fate and, is
3: pretty clear that it's not your actual injuries or right. your harm. It's because they even call it stress. But when is mm-hmm. the stress you're taking to avoid?
0: But when wizards did the D twenty and D twenty revised for Star Wars. They went the other direction. They said that your what I guess is closest thing to hit points in that game, it was you being warned out. It was your luck running out. Right. So you're not actually getting hit by the blaster. It's missing you, but your guts, your luck, your fortune, whatever it is, is running out. You know, that's draining. And if somebody critted, you actually had a second pool that was much smaller. Like you might start with like 10 and only gain like one point per level. So, this never shifts all that much. I mean, even well, you're like maybe 15, 20 points. And that's your actual injuries. That's not mm-hmm. luck. That's you getting shot. You know, you now have mm-hmm. a hole in your gut. Right. And that comes out of a completely different pool. And I found it interesting because they just sort of owned and internalized that long running debate in D and D of what is a hit point and said, no, it is just your, your fortune getting worn down. Whereas D and D seems to have taken the path of no, it really is your health being drained away by a a million bites from a dragon somehow. (laughs) And I, I, I'm not clear on that, but one of
3: the mechanics I really liked in hex that I think hollow earth that I think you could add into something like a D and D for what you're describing. Let's say you have four hit points you have a value that is two. That is, I don't remember what they call the name of it, but if you take that much damage, you pass out.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You're not dead. You're not dying. You just took such a dramatic hit. You lost half of your health. You're unconscious. Right. That is a intense hit. I like that. I, if it's something that, let's say, you have thirty points. If you take fifteen hit points all at one time. That should be enough that you're out of it, which I know a lot of people mm. would be screaming because this is D anD D is more of a well, st- D anD with that statistical. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: there have been editions of D anD D that had rules like if you took twenty points of damage from a, I think it was a single source or something. Yeah, that there was a shock roll that it could yeah. and probably a chart. Well, that you yeah, <laughs> I don't know if there was yeah. a chart, but there certainly was a a numerical set of mm. you know this many over under does. Honestly,
3: in this case, I like it as a shock roll because then you also get the opportunity for from a story standpoint you just got bashed there is a very good story that could be told from you got bashed and you're knocked unconscious there is another story that can be told from you got bashed and you gritted it and now you're pissed yeah I mean, there's a
1: problem though with playing in a system that is really reliant on hit points and removing the hit point concept it everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Because, yeah. So I mean, it's a and one to the system. Yeah. There's yeah. a million and one spells. are we going to do? Rewrite them all? Yeah. There's a million and one, you pull know, arms.
1: pull arms. I was going to say, how are pull arms <laughs> and shit that yeah. you got to re- replace? <laughs> yeah. And so that's another thing you have to look at is how big a hole are you excising from your game? Yeah. Because remember, yeah. going back to the, it's a coin, it's a two side coin. You, part of it is removing. Yeah. Part of it is adding. You can
3: do either or or both. I look at Mutants and Masterminds, one of the earlier editions mm -hmm. basically did that. They pulled out the hit points and they added in, you know, you have types of damages and you get, you mark wounds and things that is very much like Savage Worlds. And eventually they became more like Savage Worlds. But to do that, they had a whole team that had to go back and figure out the rebalance. And that meant a lot of math had to be Mm -hmm. done.
2: And
1: not a whole lot of home game masters
0: want to do that.
3: Yeah, some do, but... I'm not one of them. Yeah.
0: Well, I think at that point, I mean, you could work out a conversion of something like for D&D, and I'm sure somebody's already done this. Every die that goes into something, we'll assume, represents the single unit of a hit die. So if you have a sword that does 2d6 damage, we're going to assume that's two die of damage, okay, two points of damage. And so at third level, you have three dice worth, and now you take that to some kind of like wound chart where you know i've got three levels of oh, resistance just or just re roll the character oh i <laughs> believe me I, I i'm not saying you're 100% right yeah. okay you you are 100% right i'm not saying you're wrong but i, I th- got to do my taxes once a year really, i don't want to do my taxes two times <sighs> <a> sure <year. laughs> I, I i guess my point being though that i think there are ways that are better versus worse yeah. to try and rebuild a house starting with the foundation instead of the roof mm-hmm. where i think it is possible to yank out, for example, the hit points from D&D, and you're not going to avoid bloodshed, but I think you can limit the violence you're doing to right. the game.
3: Has anyone ever been running a campaign and just stopped the system you were on and went to a new system? Had the characters remade in a completely different system? Uh, it wasn't
0: I Yes, two games. One I was playing and one I was GMing. One I was GMing was a Battletech game where I didn't realize how off the rails the time of war was and so i scrapped it and said nope we're going back to second edition of mech warrior and i know they've got the new destiny or whatever it's called rules out now for battletech for the character side i'm actually even in on that beta but to be brutally honest i haven't read the rules yet <laughs> so i have no comment they're supposed to be much more rules light than a time of war was but then there was wasn't there a game that we played that dave or one of those guys was running and partway through, they yanked out the system and had us remaking something else. It was a fantasy game, and part Is it the one with the magic cards. I did something like yeah. that. And partway we through, started we, that system, and then yeah, partway through we I thought we rebuilt the characters. And mm-hmm. originally it was one thing, and then we redid them in Savage Worlds or vice versa, or we started Savage Worlds and redid them in something and it else. It was all
3: a version of Cortex, but it was like a okay. Well, I, of I can give you an
0: example that I was I came in after this occurred. But one of the groups of people we used to play with, their primary game, indeed really about the only game they played, was a sci-fi game that was homebrewed that had some elements of fantasy in it. And the history of this game was that they had started off playing West End Star Wars, which has a fairly high upper power level. Like, you can get really ridiculous in that game. I mean, it -hmm. it beat Shadowrun to the buckets (laughs) of D6. And they had reached a point where their characters had sort of exceeded the stories that you could fit within that universe. And so they had to start revamping it. And so they took their characters and their concepts and they remade them using a homebrew system that was designed from the ground up. When you start at level one, you are already so insanely beyond what anyone should be. Darth Vader is a level one character. You know, that's how this game worked and then you just went up from there. But it was a wholly new system uh, that was basically meant to keep telling that story. So I, I've seen it. I mean, I it's not a common occurrence for me. Yeah,
3: no, I've only seen the opposite of starting a game, realizing the system was really bad, and that killed the campaign. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, it.
0: Right. Because
1: it wants to go through all the work. Not. I mean, you've already gone through all the work.
0: Well, on top of that, people may have concepts about their characters that require those rules. Yeah. You know, oh, I was playing a guy who was specifically a specialist mage who specialized down this, and now we're switching to a game where without rewriting the entire magic system, that just plain ain't workable. Right. You know, yeah. it's just not even in there. So, yeah, I, I get why most people would just scrap the game because you may have invalidated the character mm-hmm. concepts, the NPCs, the group template. I mean, everything that's well, in there. If it was painful
3: to... enough doing Blades in the Dark when mm-hmm. we would have a new rule release. Because the first time we were playing Blades in the Dark, it was when the game wasn't released yet. Oh, yeah. So then there would be a new rules release we'd bring in and was that there were some a... massive changes.
0: Was that ever a problem? Did you guys ever come in? It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, Pat, your class is totally nerfed.
3: Only for one character. Yeah, okay. one character was completely Re- the entire concept. Had, they had to re-roll.
1: The class was rewritten like three times, majorly. Everything else was more or less fine. So yeah, maybe a little tweak, tweak. Yeah, it was a ahead. lot
3: of little things here and there. There was only that one case that really was yeah ground up rebuild because it just didn't work anymore. Oh, huh.
1: mm-hmm. it was way too powerful. It, yeah, it we
3: could have had more of that. There was only thieves was the only option to mm-hmm. for a gang type. And then more of them were released. If we would have realized we're actually more assassins, that would have right. led to a lot of rebuilding. But I think we looked at it and we said we don't want to rebuild. So we're right. stuck yeah. with what we were playing.
1: Well, and that that's the thing, too. The player who, in this case, who had to keep redoing her character, this is very frustrating for her. It mean, is super frustrating. When I think of the concept on the whole of like, hey, we've been playing this campaign for months, years, whatever. And now... We're going to do a totally new system. I'm not even talking about D and D going from three to four, Yeah. right? Where you can they they may even provide
3: conversions for you. It's just number conversions. We're going from D and D to Dungeon World,
1: right? Or we're going from D and D, and we're going to be playing Fate. You know, that's it's like a, far a bigger totally jump than
0: Dungeon World. So,
1: yeah. as a player, I'd be like, so, let's say I've never played Fate before. Fate's sure. this new hot thing. I'd be like, so. We have to learn a whole new system. I mean, a whole new concept of a system, right? Well, And that, I can't use the dice I already have. I can't use the dice I already have. Mm-hmm. Totally new character sheets, all that. A lot of us are now talking about just making new characters, which is legit. So now I'm in this certain mindset of change and advancement. And I don't mean character advancement. I mean, like, just sort of moving forward with yeah, my life. No. When I personally am in that mode, I don't look backwards. So my thought would be, why are we converting? Why don't we do something new? Because now I'm already in the mindset of, I don't want to do my taxes twice in one year. Yeah, People are already starting to talk about making new characters instead of converting. Everybody's kind of really looking at just re-rolling. Well, why don't we just re-roll the whole concept
0: here? Why don't we play? I don't know. I guess it depends on how attached you are to the characters and
1: stuff.
3: Let's say you've been playing for three years and you lose the GM. Someone else steps in, but they don't run that system. They run this other system. And don't get me wrong. I get
1: the sort of we've been doing this a long time and we are very in love with it and we don't want to lose it. To me, it just changes my mindset. Now I have to go into instead of a I am playing and enjoying I am creating and changing. I don't want to do that in half measures. Why create and change just to adapt? Why not create capital? Create capital. Change. Do something new and move on. But that's just how
0: I am. Yeah, I was saying. Yeah. I can't say you're wrong. I mean, I I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I I totally get right. that. If in any given campaign I was to rip out the system, mm-hmm. some people may just be in the mindset to recreate. Other people may say, I don't think the new rules really capture what I wanted to get out of this character. And they're going to create something new, I think. Well, and there's a domino effect, too.
1: Like, oh, sure. Like I said, you know, you've got a couple of people. I know. I look at my group yeah. for something like this. I know I have a couple of people in there who will say, you know, cool. Like the campaign. I really don't want to fill out this form and do this conversion
0: thing. I'll just make a new character.
1: Well, yeah. Well, so now the dominoes are starting right, to fall. Right. I,
0: I think, though, I've, the played, dynamics change. I've played some characters where I definitely would have kept their story going. I think their essence is easy enough to capture in a variety of systems that I would have kept their story going. Like, there's a whole lot of characters looking back that they either weren't that great mm-hmm. or their story's told and it's over. And I really don't know where I would go with it. Yeah. But yeah. there's other characters that I really feel like their stories half told. Narl's one of them. I yep. really feel like his story is half told. Going
3: to that same game. If That's Jabber- why you
0: need to write furry fanfic. I know it's exactly <laughs> why I need to write furry fanfic. <laughs> I've actually, actually done it. But- well, yeah. actually, Wayne told me about something I didn't know. There's a real easy way to match yourself up with uh, voice actors oh, no. for fiction, uh-huh. like narrators, because I'm not a great sure uh, like read out of the book, you know, books mm-hmm. on tape type narrator. I want to see if I can find somebody who has like this voice that sounds like Adam, no no has like this old man kind of like a voice of wonder and magic <laughs> to do a dramatic reading of Narl says Christmas because it's about that time of year.
3: It's it, a campaign going back to where if you wanted to run something with I would go back to that character and I would remake it in mm-hmm. D&D 5th edition. It wasn't my first character but sure. it was my first character in I think we were running D&D 3 it was it was like 3.5 or something. Yeah, it was D&D 3.5 but I <laughs> and th- it wasn't me running the rules cuz had never played right. it. But, I had no idea how to build a character cuz it was but, my first D&D f- game.
0: Forget let's say you said you know we're not going to play D&D at all. You said okay, we're playing Fate. Right. Gnarl's a simple enough character at least in terms mm-hmm. of what makes him work for me that I would have no problem pretty quickly adapting him into fate.
1: Pat would have had a major, major problem
0: because it's all his
1: yeah. from a mechan- it's all his spell list. Like a what Mistform? form and yeah, Mistform. well yeah except
0: he had <laughs> twenty pages of other spells he would never used. I know, yeah. It, 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 well it, he needed a whole lot to read prior to choosing right, Mistform.
3: Yeah. What's funny is uh, I forgot about it until right now. Narl and Sir William have been rebuilt in another system. Dan and I didn't rebuild it. We sat down in the game and played them in a uh, wrestling game at one yeah. of the other cons. <laughs> yeah, we
0: did. We did. Yeah, run by it was run by John Walls, wasn't yep. it? Yeah, yeah. So that game they've been rebuilt in another system. Oh, we tell just tell Sir William went. was the hype man. Was he the hype man? Was he the promoter or
1: was
3: he the actual wrestler? He was. Oh. He's actually uh, a wrestler. He's yeah, he was a wrestler.
0: Man. But it's a character whose story isn't told, and whose concept I think I could rework, and no things wouldn't be exactly the same. And there's other game systems where I think I would need concessions from the GM to make it work. Yeah.
3: See,
1: that's another problem I have, because I cannot think of an example, but in my mind I have a feeling that I've been part of this before. I can't think of any specifics, but I just seem to remember I don't know if I was running it, or I was playing it, probably playing it, and we did a conversion, and so many concessions had to be made. Yeah. Right? To where it, it like blew balance out of the water and it really kind of messed up the flow of the mechanics. So...
0: No, you're not wrong. Yeah. I'm not I saying you're wrong. I don't, yeah,
1: I don't have a story behind that. Like I said, I just remember the fragment of I'm the just concept. Saying, so that's something
0: that you should look out for, too. Sure, sure. I'm just saying there are characters I've played that I could and would continue right. after the jump. Yeah. Uh, even and, if, though, I, I think you're absolutely right that mm-hmm. I think making that jump, it raises a whole lot more questions than it yeah. answers. Yeah, yeah, There
3: are characters that I look at and... I would play them after a jump because I think other systems would be a better fit for those characters. Mm -hmm. The, I built them in one game, but what I wanted to do, I was never able to really have come out in that game mechanically, but I look at another system I played since that I could create that character really easily. And I would love to play the characters again. Yeah. The more I think
1: about this though, when you're converting a character as a player, try not to ask for concessions. That will break the rules. And as a game master, try not to allow them. If you're making a switch and
0: converting stuff over, try to make them fit in the box. Because otherwise, they're going to break the box. Well, yeah, especially because every time you make most concessions, especially if you are not super familiar with the rules and you're a very mathematically minded person you're probably going to break it in the process. Well, and, I mean, you're you're going to say, yeah, okay, I'll give you this. And then we don't realize is that stacks with another thing, stacks with another thing, stacks with another thing. Well, look thing. at D&D. D&D and, was, people are going to laugh at me why I say this, because I'm not really serious about it, but D&D
1: is fairly balanced. And what I mean by that is not the fighter mage who who's more profitable, but I mean there's a certain amount of hit points people have, there's a certain amount of damage they, they output. You kind of know what you're getting. Yeah, okay, yeah. So... Let's take Sir William, who is a foppish bard, Yeah, who's fun to play, great character, and fairly effective, and let's take Gnarl. Not the way I built him, he wasn't. No. <laughs> and let's take Gnarl, for example. Gnarl was way overpowered because you were using the creative beast rules and stuff, and it was not that he was overpowered, he was min-maxed. Yeah, because, so, yeah. of the, because of the, the way that those optional rules were. So now let's convert that over to any given system you want, like Fate or whatever. Sure. Sir William pretty easy to make a new character yeah don't have to go outside of any of the rules and any of the systems i know about Narl, you've really got to bend some stuff so now when the rubber hits the road now Narl is
0: f***ing superman and sir william's the shoveler yeah well i think the best way you could get around that using and you're not once again you're not mm-hmm. wrong but using something let's take dresden as an example right. You Know Sir William would work pretty well, you could loosely base him.
3: Well,
1: he
0: would get a ton of fake chips, too.
3: Well, (laughs) I think both characters could easily be made in Dresden because I'd say Dresden
0: probably where I'd start with Gnarls, I'd find an analogous idea, which is Gnarl's probably going to stat out something like a werewolf who, simply doesn't transform, he's that's he's forever in that you know lupine form, and so for him, it was canine. But the point being though that. Details. It's furries. Yeah, you know the the, exactly. The point is that I can still get my fervor on. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So (laughs) you can walk into a PetSmart. Nobody's gonna nobody's gonna blink an eye. No, (laughs) you walk into a restaurant though. No,
1: (laughs) you out. Yep. And, and Sir William's like, no, he's my emotional support werewolf. No. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, that that will be his one then, of his additions. His will is we'll then the what, what is one is like hug him. <laughs> and then Marl's like, Grr. well, you know how like in Dresden, like some of your traits have yeah, to be interrelated. Yeah, yeah, some of your aspects have to be interrelated. I will have one of where's an orange vest. <laughs> and that is tied directly yeah. to And huh. now you can get on airplanes yeah, and it's exactly. right. as long you have sir william but, and him. whenever he invokes but sir william it, drives you insane exactly whenever <laughs> he invokes it that gives him what is it called tagging or whatever yeah, yeah that gives him a positive up, tag right. gives me a negative tag yeah. so <laughs> whenever he invokes it He's all cuddling with my furriness. and, and you can't. Stop and I him. can't stand. You'll get and I can't stop. Kicked out <laughs> of the restaurant, right? Yeah. And so he gets a plus two to all of his checks, and mm-hmm. I've got a minus two on all of my checks. You're all pissed off, yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm just sitting there sulking, chewing mm-hmm. on a bone from schnooks, <laughs> which is the only reason I allow him to do it. Yeah, because he always gets me those big. Chad, meaty what are you
3: going to run this game?
2: <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I feel kind of right? gross talking
2: about it, to be honest <laughs> with you. So. Yeah, so I, How
1: about a Fear of the Con? No, I don't think so. I, 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 kinda, this, this is kind of squicking me out, to be honest. I, I, I kind of regret going down this path now.
0: This is going to be a <laughs> later Patreon a game. <laughs> <laughs> that is it's going to be our first negative episode AP. <laughs> nice. As hard as Brodor tries, we've not gotten there yet.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of the things we've talked about, it all goes back to the one question I asked in the beginning is what is your goal? Yeah.
0: Why are you doing yeah, this? Why are
3: you doing this? What is your goal in doing it? So if you're doing it because there's not a right feel to it, what is the feel that you want to create? That is your goal. And same thing. If, uh, if you're switching systems because it, you know, if you're trying to pull something out because it's not working and your goal is just make it feel better, maybe pulling an entire chunk of the system out isn't the best way to go yeah maybe a better way to reach that goal is to find a system that works better yeah so yeah. flip the coin and just
0: add Dale, yeah, me,
3: or just add a little bit mm-hmm. i'm gonna loop
0: back about 25 topics here i want to ask you something because <laughs> earlier you, you did bring up the very fair point that there may be an existing system that already does 99 of what you're looking for sure okay and i gave the counterpoint of I don't have, and nobody has, an encyclopedic knowledge or fully exhaustive knowledge of all the games that are out there. Or maybe
3: it does it really well, but it's not how it's going in my head. Yeah,
0: Yeah, there's that. But but let's say that I decide I don't want to build something here. I want to use something that somebody else built because I don't have the time or the interest, or I want to know it was at least kind of play-tested. Sure. How would you go about trying to find that system? Because (laughs) one of the struggles I've had... Is and this is true in damn near any community and ten times as much online, is the vocal minority is a bunch of assholes.
2: Yeah. Even if someone
0: if- said, Oh, start a threat on RPG net, nope. Well, or
1: even if they aren't animals. Yeah. L- let's say that you know, they're not. Let's yeah. say you find a community that isn't animals, there is usually a hive mind. Sure. You know, yeah. Where it's just like, okay, I'm going to go here and ask, and it's a fate community. If you ask him... The, what, the answer yeah. is fate across the board, no matter what. Oh, sure. yeah. That was what I was going to say. Yeah. You ask in
3: certain areas, the answer is always going to be fate. The answer is always going to be Savage Worlds. Mm-hmm. The answer is always going to be GURPS. Some places,
1: it will be whatever the flavor du jour of the RPG in crowd is at the moment. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, you you have to have a discerning mind when you ask for help. Honestly, I don't think I can give a solid answer other than just play a bunch of games and try them out. Uh the place I'd go to first would probably be either Fantasy Grounds or Roll Twenty. You know, this way you can play a bunch of games online. You never have to leave your house and you know, you can set up, you know, like so five so you different jobs in, in the week. Don't ask for advice so much as just try it out and learn by
0: doing. Yeah. Because, okay, and I, I think that might be a fair answer to this, because, and this is not always going to be true, because it depends on how bad the GM is, but I think yeah. even with a relatively bad GM, I can read past that and see the system. Exactly. The yeah. first
3: time I played a Savage Worlds game, I was convinced that it was the most complicated, horrible system <laughs> in the world. Mm-hmm. It is still a horrible system, yeah. because of... Uh, you well, know.
0: it's just horrible shaking. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's
3: because of shaking. But it is not a complicated system. It was just a really bad well, GM was, and, and had this, a really uh, bad experience.
1: And Wayne's promotion of Savage Worlds is brought to you by the podcast Gaming with Gage. <laughs> <laughs> I say Gage is a big uh, Savage Worlds fan. The biggest. Mm. Like, wow. an apologist. Like, he is... I'm you shaking. Know, do you see that ladder? Somebody's coming in through the window? Yeah, that's yeah. Gage. He's yeah. running Savage Worlds for us. Or else. For sure. I, got,
2: I got the gear right there. No, you're shaking.
0: You can't. I, that's
1: right. I can't.
0: I couldn't even open that door. I'm
2: shaking. Nope. Yep. Yeah. I so. think,
3: my issue with the idea of going out and finding all these games on, like, Roll20 and things is... Mm-hmm. At a con, I have no problem sitting down at a whole table full of people that I don't know. I don't want to spend my time online with people I don't know. It's that's called fair. YouTube. Do some research. You find a list yeah. of games that sound oh, interesting. Right. I was going to offer an alternative of that's why I listen to APs.
2: Yeah, that's
1: another good one as that's well. That's how yeah. I okay. find a lot so, of systems. Yeah, I really shouldn't say this because I'm on an AP that I absolutely love, and I think everyone should listen to. One episode is
3: four
0: hours long. <laughs> that depends on uh, the holy AP. Shit who listens to these so, so there's somebody that's going through our back catalog oh my god that's five years worth
1: of content what no no i mean like if you add it up oh, like hour by hour by hour so was like, like five or six years i was like
0: no we've been around 13 and no, a half no yeah so all right so somebody's going through our backlog i'm so sorry and they took something that i'm 99 sure you said chad probably which they said uh they quoted role-playing is not a spectator sport. Right. And in light of the success Mm -hmm. of various APs, obviously the biggest one being Critical Role, he said, you know, something to the effect of, well, that advice didn't age terribly well. And you know what? I actually still stand by it. You know, I I still stand by it, but I don't don't
1: see it it as an AP. So here's my thing. When I said that, I was not talking about APs. That wasn't really a thing. Yeah. I was talking about going to a store... And someone is physically there or maybe you're yeah, yeah, at home yeah. and say, oh, well, I brought my girlfriend and she's just going to sit in the corner and, and watch and
2: crochet I'm like, mm. or something. Yeah. The, yeah. Differ-
3: yeah, the difference is when you're doing an AP, you're sitting around with your friends yeah. playing the game. The person isn't in the room standing over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. You don't think about I mean, maybe in the back of your mind, you're thinking about the fact it's being recorded. Yeah, but you don't think about the person that's there. Oh, sir, no, Somebody it, standing in the corner watching you no. is just awkward. a role
1: playing yeah. game is participatory. If, I don't want someone in the room not participating. Yeah, I'm with you. If, if, if That's how it is. You, we have playing, an audience of 10,000? Cool, because they're on the other side of recording. Yeah, they're not in the room they're not making in the room it awkward. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. they're, well, awkward, not awkward, anger, happiness, whatever whatever floats your boat. Role-playing games are participatory. If you're standing in the room when I'm running a game,
0: you are playing. I am bringing you in. There have in my life been very few people, very few, that I've been sufficiently comfortable with where they have consistently been there, but not playing, and it didn't unnerve me. Mm-hmm. Like, I can think of maybe two or three. In my entire, I'm an old, <laughs> entirely too long history, like <laughs> almost 30 years now or whatever, of, actually, maybe it's more than 30 years. Yeah, I'm old. All right, so more than 30 years of role-playing. Yes, I realize there's some of you prognards that are sitting there mocking my <laughs> 30-some-odd years, but the point being, though, that in all of those years, I can think of maybe two or three people total mm. where them spectating did not unnerve me, and
1: I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to help myself. Yeah, I, I mean, mean it, even if it is a bad thing, I'm f-ing with them. Where it's just like, you know, I have some crazy
0: goblin in the early earlier of the cons yeah. when we had those two World War II vets mm-hmm. that were serving the beer, and one of them by the nth con we'd had there. They were taking a real interest in what we were doing, and they really loved our community, because you guys mm-hmm. are outstanding. Credits to you guys for yep. this. You know, but they really loved our community and loved the way that you guys were treating them and interacting with them. They started walking around, looking at the games and asking about them. I remember, Chad, you and I, I think, you were playing and I was running a Star Trek ship-on-ship battle game. Mm-hmm. And they came over and asked about it, and you're like... Why don't you grab one of the consoles and sit down and <laughs> yeah. you try to rope them into it? I'm the same way, man. If we were play if we were running that AP and Johnny G just drops in out of nowhere for some reason, or he's. We're finding a chair. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, here's your NPC. This mm-hmm. is who you're playing. Because you're not going to just yep. sit here and, and comment. I, I don't know. But you're I'm going to re- stand there in silence and be happy. I'm going to make you miserable. <laughs> <Along> with, <laughs> yes, you're going to suffer with all yes. of us. Yes. But I don't remember what the relevance of that was to hijacking role-playing systems, but nonetheless. But it had to be said. It did it. have to be said. Mm-hmm. It was just on my mind, because I, I just saw somebody commenting on uh, episode like one or two today. And yep.
2: like, the like, comment oh, still soul. stands.
1: <laughs> role-playing games are not a spectator sport.
0: Live. Yeah, and I'm so sorry to whoever, I forget this person's <laughs> name, who's working through our back catalog. I'm so sorry, don't. Just like skip forward to like, Actually, about when Wayne started. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Because that they, was our high water mark. It's been downhill from there. So. No, I was, that, that, that <laughs> I think is when the show really that, found its. See,
1: it solid that's our footing. that's our listeners. You know, they they walk uphill both ways. Yeah. Our original ones walk up to Wayne. Our new ones walk backwards up to Wayne. Oh right, so, okay, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and then you have those few
1: valleys. The show reached
3: like, its high point, and then I started bringing it down. Yeah. No, and then didn't. we got you Brodor. Are,
0: <laughs> Wayne, you are the high point.
3: You are absolutely the high point. You are the yeah. high water mark. I actually made a joke about that on the Discord at one point. Of uh, just don't listen to my first episode so it was horrible and is about comic books yeah immediately someone jumped in and not uh, an interview yeah someone immediately jumped in and corrected me and said that you don't know they really enjoyed that one Mm -hmm. it's weird all right
0: with adapting rules i think we've about run this one out wayne do you have anything else that we
3: no i said the important thing is the question of what is your goal yeah if you know your goal then you can figure out the best way to meet it whether it's find a completely new system that does exactly what you're looking for add in a little bit to it don't design a ridiculous Rube Goldberg machine when all you need to do is add a plus one.
1: Yep. Yeah. If and... you're changing so much to where you
0: have to change the system, my advice is consider changing the game. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to go back to, I'm not sure I 100% agree, sure. but I certainly think... You could certainly sell me on that there's some hard questions to be asked here. If I was the
1: Game Master and we decided to do this and I knew I had to sell you, Dan, on it yeah. to get the rest of it going along, I would sell you on the totally not lie of, oh, we'll come back to this later.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. And yeah. Uh, later's never defined. No,
0: no.
1: It's, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm
2: just thinking about you know a system called the Rube, uh, the Rube Goldberg system. Can you turn the board game Mousetrap into a tabletop RPG?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I still like the Venn diagram idea. I do.
1: We're using that now that
0: it's
3: I particularly like the idea of when you get two sections, you now Mm -hmm. have a functionality you can do. Yeah, Yeah. you don't have the whole thing. Even one section, even one section, and
1: that's so much better than the project clocks and blades because the project clocks are it's all from nothing. nothing to done. Yeah, right. I want to do this. How many sections are there on this clock? I'm like, I don't know. It's a gun that shoots webbing. How hard is that to make? I don't know. Well, this you can instead of saying how hard it is, you can say, well, it's got to be concealed, and it's going to have a whole lot of ammo, so that's going to be another section,
0: and then it's going to do this. So now we now we define it. Yeah, I have with, to procure a gun. Yep, I have to procure <laughs> some form of like carbon <laughs> fiber web or <laughs> right. or whatever it is. I have to get someone who's a gunsmith or a chemist to figure mm-hmm. out how to merge the two. So, yep, yep. Yeah, and yeah. it's a
3: Venn diagram, which immediately means it's good. Yes, right. that's
0: precisely. Or if not, good is at least in the middle of it. Right, exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, if you're making a mech, first you fill in the one part for controls and another part for legs. And so, you know, that at that point, you can start walking around. You can't shoot. You can't fire anything. Yeah, but you, you have, have the no most armor. amazing
0: pants
1: ever. Exactly.
0: Exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. This
0: well, was already in uh, Walls and Gromit. Yep. <laughs> it would be really good
3: for building a base. So yeah. you have... Having the, amazing yeah. neck pants?
0: Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> or a
3: space station. I mean, station. I'd never um, wear any other yeah. pants. Well, a, why would you? A base or a space station where you have... <laughs> yeah. this. These are your walls. These are your bathrooms. These are your sleeping arrangements. Yep, these this is are, your pants warehouse. And you have to make the decision, for, besides just filling in a little section, which is the most important one?
0: Yeah, right? Do I need
3: my walls more, or do I need my heating more, because winter's about to hit? Yeah, you know, and I can think of pretty good parallels to that
0: in playing survival, because I've really taken a shine to this sort of survival genre of games, games like Ark, Seven Days to Die, Conan Exiles, whatever, and when you drop a new base, what exactly are you going to put down first? Do you put down the foundations first? Do you put down some defenses first? Do you you know map out the borders first? It's you know it's a meaningful decision and i could certainly see it translating to a tabletop rpg all right but since this one ran two episodes let me loop back to the announcement we gave at the beginning so it's in both shows the fear the con kickstarter is still live as of this the second episode in the series so be sure to get out there and get it back i don't know what the rewards will have been that we
1: added i don't know if we will have made it by then but it's looking pretty
3: good yeah well we actually had a backer while we've been recording because i did stop and check mm -hmm. at one point because i was hoping we would have crossed the line so i could say we crossed it while we were recording but well maybe we got closer yeah Mm -hmm. and this this is going to be released quite a bit
0: early so maybe we will have reached it by the time that this oh, goes out. And but, that, that does remind me, just a quick aside, because we promoted Eric's Gamers Table Kickstarter well, here. Well, hold on, let one more thing on Fear the Con. It, and remember to keep up with social media stuff, because even though this episode's going to be a week or two stale, Wayne and Chris are still making announcements on the Kickstarter, on Facebook, mm-hmm. and on Twitter, and on Discord, keeping you up to date on what they're adding to the Kickstarter, so if you want to know what new reward levels have been dropped, because we're trying to trickle these out, so once again, mm-hmm. check the show notes for a link to Fear the Cons. Kickstarter. Okay, go ahead. Um, so, whatever crappy show. show I,
1: gamers. Shinsy stable, ass. Stable. Yeah. No
0: pants. Mech wearing. He's just embezzling all the money anyway.
1: I know, right? Yeah. I mean, it's all going up his nose. Yeah. Or oh, his it is. Butt, yeah. So. I mean, we're
3: not going to see any of it. <laughs> no, well, I mean, we're not up
1: his nose, so how yeah. could we see it? Well, we're up his butt. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Anyway. So, Gamer's Table, want to give a shout out to Eric. Uh, he ran a very successful Kickstarter. He reached all but one of his stretch goals. And then after the Kickstarter ended, like an hour or so after it ended, uh, one of his fans reached out to him and said, Oh crap, I missed the Kickstarter. Can I give you the money to make up for the last... Reward tier. And he's like, uh, I am not gonna say no because I'm not an idiot. So he said yes and Gamers Table made all of their uh Yeah. Which
0: includes their- Big Twenty, which is going to be weekly. Weekly. Yeah, now is a weekly live mm-hmm. interactive GM tip discussion, gaming advice yeah. kind of thing on Discord. I don't know where all he's streaming it. Eric's better. Twitch. Uh,
1: he's going oh, to. It, it, it's a live it's show. Twitch on Discord. Okay. Yep. It is a live show where game masters discuss inside or, baseball. Right. Yeah. Basically, they, they talk about what works. Eric and I have already been talking on his Discord about like he's going to pose a question to get things started or there's going to be a theme for that evening. And it's going to be on Sundays on Twitch. And I'm sure we'll have a link at some point for it. From
0: 9
2: p.m.?
1: I will
0: get Eric to post the details yeah. somewhere public
1: yeah,
2: that I can link from the,
0: the show notes. Yeah, better than barely So what I'll do yeah. is I'll, I don't care It if starts in November. Yeah, I'll get him to put it on his Gamers Table blog or something. Right. I will get him to post the details somewhere we can link from the show notes. And, and if lis- you're
3: not, I would say, if you're not a regular listener to any of their shows, you'll still hear some familiar voices because Dan, Chad, and I have all agreed to be on the show. Yeah. Right? The, the, the Big 20. Uh, Big 20. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So so he's got Gamers Table, fully funded. He's got Trench Monkeys. Trench Monkeys, which is veterans talking about role-playing, like actual, not role-playing veterans, actual military veterans talking about military life and role-playing games. Big 20, which is the live show, and Resting Glitch Face, which is his exceedingly popular Shadowrun all-female squad
0: AP. Yeah. So, check the show notes for links to all that good stuff. But Fear the Boots better. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean it's like I don't even need to that's, say it. I don't know really. yeah, I mean, why that's <laughs> kind of I mean, like,
1: like, Gage is coming through the window. Yeah. We're all shaking. Fear the Boots better. Yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. We so, got dot puppy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: GamingwithGage.com. I, no, no. It's not, not long. How long are these show notes going to be? Oh, my God, dude. It's the end of the episode. Yeah, be, I know. Go yeah,
0: every product on Amazon will be linked in the show notes. Oh, so, okay. I, I will link Game with Gage's show notes. Gage is a good guy. So, in anyway. spite of his opinions on, on savage Worlds. The well, only
3: product you need to link on Amazon is Sojourn.
0: No, I agree, but we're going to wait for that until we get the Narwhal live reading. So, <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great week and great games, and we will get Dale, you next Dale, week. promote something quick. No. www.johnbracer.com. <laughs> this has been a production of Here the Booth. Copyright 2019. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor so long as credit is provided to FearTheBoot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at FearTheBoot.com. If you wish to support this show and its related endeavors, you can do so at Patreon.com slash FearTheBoot.